Hello and welcome to a special edition of The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. Today is July 25th, 2023. My name is Victor Sweezy and I'm the editorial intern at Bank Automation News. Today is the second episode of our Global Startup Cities series, where we take you to some of the most innovative tech hubs around the world to give you a look at these startup cultures and the markets they serve. Along the way, We'll be talking to fintech founders from these cities about the products they're bringing to market. This week, we'll be traveling to Tel Aviv, the capital of Israel, the Middle East's startup nation. For years, Tel Aviv has been churning out innovative startups across multiple verticals, including social trading platform eToro and cybersecurity firm Wiz. As of March, the city alone was home to 95 unicorns, according to the Times of Israel. Joining me today is the founder of Just a startup using AI to automate chargeback mitigation for e-commerce merchants and banks. Please welcome Ronen Ben-Ami. Great to be here and great to meet you, Victor. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Ronen. I'm the co-founder and chief risk officer at Just. Just solves the problem of chargebacks for online merchants at the post-transaction stage. Uh, in order to explain that, I always like to give an example of what a chargeback is so we're all on the same page. So let's say you're an online merchant selling a pair of shoes and a cardholder buys those shoes. It's shipped to their address. After receiving the merchandise, that cardholder has a, the ability to dispute that transaction. And many times it could be an innocent mistake. They forgot what they purchased. Uh, someone else in the family made the purchase or actual criminal activity of trying to get something for free. Uh, what happens at that point is that the cardholder goes to their bank, disputes the transaction, and receives the funds in return. At that point, the bank, let's say it's Bank of America, will submit into the card scheme networks, Visa or MasterCard, an actual chargeback. And the funds are ultimately taken from the merchant. I say the system is built that you're guilty until proven innocent as a merchant because the funds are automatically taken from the merchant. And unless they handle the process of proving that this chargeback is an illegitimate chargeback based on the reason code, what the actual claim is, then they're going to lose those funds. And that process is quite manual with many rules and regulations. And what we have done is taken a three-pronged approach to solve this for merchants. And the first approach is really hands-free. We realize that merchants don't have the time Many don't have the knowledge or resources to deal with their chargebacks, so we take the entire problem onto our shoulders and handle it on their behalf. The second point is being an automated solution. And what we mean by that is really two items. First, it's actually tailoring the solution at scale per merchant to their end user flow, their industry, so that we could get the best solution on their behalf. And then running that solution in an automated fashion, because chargebacks fluctuate and come in uh, at a random pace across the month. And what we're doing is actually handling those cases automatically. So it doesn't matter if one month it's several hundred chargebacks and the next month several hundreds, thousands of chargebacks. We're going to get to all those cases the same quality. And the final item is really being a data-driven solution. So we're actually running tests on the responses that we're receiving, what's won and what's lost, finding where our weak spots are per issuing bank, per card scheme, per uh, uh, reason code of the actual uh, chargebacks, per payment processor. We're able to run A-B tests there, find those weak spots, improve on those weak spots, 
and overall the the win rate and the amount of funds that we recover for our merchants improves over time. Got it. And why are chargebacks such a big problem for businesses? And can you set the scene of you know I think a lot of banks are aware that there's been kind of a rise in fraud in recent years. Can you can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll start by going back to 2008 during the global financial crisis when the term friendly fraud was coined. Uh, when the when there was a, a difficult economic situation, many more illegitimate claims were being made in the online space uh, around chargebacks, uh, and there was a, a large increase. Uh, then if you go back to pre-COVID, uh, the rise was around 25 to $50 billion a year were being lost due to friendly fraud chargebacks, these illegitimate claims by the cardholders. Um, and since, since COVID, because so much has gone online and, and the, the, the chargeback problem is really an online problem, uh, the majority of chargebacks are happening there. It's turned into over $125 billion problem and growing. It's growing in the double digits each year as well. So it's really a growing issue. And it's it's quite a, a problem for merchants because I always say the chargeback process has been stuck in the past. It's still very, very manual with many rules and regulations. Uh, the card schemes change their rules every year. Uh, Visa just came out with new rules around fraud chargebacks. MasterCard last year made all these changes around subscription chargebacks, and there's many more changes that are going to come. And it's really the merchants that need to be on top of those rules, as well as manually handling the cases when the volumes are so high, it's just not feasible to get to all the cases in a manual fashion. Can, can you dig in a little bit more to the role that AI plays in uh, just how exactly do you use artificial intelligence to help manage this chargeback system? Great, so I'll, I'll explain it by where our technology uh, works in the process and then and then how the AI fits into the technology. So we really start with using an, the, this automated approach by integrating uh, with the actual payment service providers of the merchants, for example, Stripe, AD and Braintree and many more. So we're actually become a, a sub processor on behalf of the merchant and can pull directly their chargeback data from their from their PSPs, what they're called. Uh, and then we have our third party solutions that we use that enrich our data, meaning that we're able to uh, find new, more, more information about the actual transaction. What, what else happened in this specific transaction that could help us understand and tell the story better of this specific case. And then there's also third uh, the, the data points that we can take from the merchant themselves. Uh, many times we could go live without that merchant data, uh, but we can uh, uh, in, improve the solution if merchant data is added. It can integrate with our API or it can send us a CSV report. Once we have all that data in our system, our system is able to work alongside our specialists that are tailoring the solution using our, our smart tools uh, specific for that mer merchant's needs, their end user flow. And then once they're live with the tailored solution, the, the AI really kicks in once we're starting to receive res results on that merchant's uh, cases. Once we, see the re we receive those results, we can run tests on where are we not uh, performing very well? Where we can we perform better? Let's try different data points. Let's try different uh, uh, arguments, different uh, ways of designing the, the templates. Uh, 
run different A-B tests with different issuing banks. I always say that the issuing banks, the banks of America or Chase's of the world are reviewing this evidence. And you can see with one, one uh, issuing bank, a 60% win rate and another one, a 20% win rate with the same scenario. So each one is analyzing your evidence in a slightly different way. And you have to tailor the, the solution to each issuing bank's uh, preferences. Could we go through like a banking related case study? Yeah, that's a great point because the, the chargeback ecosystem doesn't only affect merchants in the end, it affects uh, the acquiring banks uh, that are actually allowing the processing for the merchants as well as the issuing banks that are issuing the credit cards to the actual card holders. And uh, as well as the card schemes themselves. And I would say the, the entire ecosystem of chargebacks is quite manual and, uh, and challenging. Uh, and we've actually looked into uh, uh, both the, the, the pain points of the acquiring banks as well as the issuers. We even have several pilots running on the issuing side uh, to help them deal with their pain points. Uh, but the ecosystem itself has a lot of innovation uh, yet to come to make this a more efficient, scalable process and a more accurate process. Uh, and that's where we really see a lot of our play here is to help uh, make this uh, ecosystem more accurate and making the right decision. So issuing banks, when they post a chargeback, they're actually uh, sending it into the card scheme networks into in a manual fashion, posting it into those systems. And when they receive our evidence in return, they're manually reviewing that evidence. And it's quite uh, a tedious process for them to do. So we've been working on helping them make their process more efficient. Maybe let's transition now to, you know, a little bit broader scale about Tel Aviv and about what it's like to be a startup there. So, you know, Tel Aviv is, we all know it's a startup hub. Can you explain a bit maybe the history of that and, you know, what is exactly the environment for founders like there? Yeah, sure. I I always say that Tel Aviv is is interesting, and Israel in general is interesting. That because we're, uh, you know, we're a small startup country, we always say, but we we look to to innovation not only within the country but across the world, and we're always outward looking how we could change things globally. Uh, which a lot a lot of times you you know I feel like in the U.S. or in the places in Europe, you're trying you're looking inward and in how you can deal with inefficiencies inside the specific area of the world. Israel really looks outward um, and uh, not only dealing with their own inefficiencies, um, and they see it with many of the startups around us. Uh, it's, it's an amazing environment, I have to say. It's under one very uh, small city, amazing city, but it's, it is a small city. I always, Everybody always told me to go to San Francisco experience the startup environment there. It's, it's a great environment, but it's very spread out. Uh, Tel Aviv is, you know, I go down the street and have uh, coffee with our investors. I go walk over to the offices of, uh, of, one, of, our, uh, uh, of one of our merchants that work with us. Uh, everything is in walking distance. It's uh, very easy and, and collaborative in the same way because, um, I, I could tell you on a personal level, when I, we started build, building Just, uh, there were so many other entrepreneurs out there that were helping us with things and learning what, what we should do and how we should do things. And uh, now that I'm in a situation that I could help uh, as well, I have many entrepreneurs reaching out to me and asking for my advice on things. And we're very collaborative and, and, and allow uh, room for uh, 
encouraging each other and to uh, to to succeed because we we've all been there it's a challenging uh, environment and uh, it's nice to to be in that uh, collaborative environment so you know israel is renowned for producing all kinds of high quality startups advanced startups in all different industries but i think especially cybersecurity and you know you're sort of tangential related to cybersecurity with anti fraud and and chargebacks um and i was just i guess wondering how do you think this emphasis um, on high-tech security came about, and, and is it tied at all to Israeli history and society? Yeah, I think there is uh, something there, especially, you know, as you mentioned, cybersecurity is a really big space in the high-tech scene in Israel, as well as where we sit more on uh, the fintech side and anti-fraud side. Um, there are a lot of things that are learned in the military here, especially in the intelligence branch, that can be adaptable in Israeli in, into society and in civilian life, uh, and I feel that uh, especially in the in the anti fraud space, I feel like it was a, a chain reaction. If you look at when PayPal purchased Fraud Sciences, and Israel really became a hub for the anti fraud space after that, and you saw so many uh, startups from that were ex PayPal uh, employees that went out to build. Uh, amazing anti-fraud startups. And then it was from the next generation to the next generation. Because I look at myself, before building Just, I spent time at a startup that was purchased by Nuve called Simplex that uh, two of the the founders there were, were ex-PayPal employees. So kind of uh, uh, has been passed down from uh, uh, from uh, to different entrepreneurs. And it's been interesting to see how this chain reaction has occurred has become a hub for uh, the fintech anti-fraud sector. Um, so it, there's definitely something that you could go back to the military, things that have happened there, and then chain reactions that have occurred, uh, and just uh, the the education moving from uh, from person to person. You know, where do you think things are going in the future, and and what are maybe some fintechs that we should be watching coming out of Israel? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of exciting things happening in Israel. Um, uh, I could tell you, for example, uh, we work with a company called Milio, which is a really amazing company, what they're doing. Uh, they've been uh, around even longer than we have, but they're just doing some really exciting things for uh, SMBs in the United States, allowing them to pay their uh, their actual vendors in an easier fashion uh, through their system. They could pay through credit card. And then they're behind the scenes paying the actual vendors in whatever way they need to, uh, ACH, check, or many other ways. Um, another one is Mesh, uh, if you've heard of them, which is an amazing company. Uh, they're uh, dealing with uh, the financial side of uh, uh, companies and uh, being able to manage your finances better and uh, having uh, corporate cards for the employees and allows you to, to actually manage the finances across the company in a lot more efficient way. Uh, and there's many more. The the, uh, the scene is, is really hot and uh, exciting to be a part of it. You've been listening to The Buds, a bank automation news podcast. Please follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. And as a reminder, you can rate this podcast on your platform of choice. Thank you for your time. And be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news.